If you can find opportunities in your life to strip things down to the baseline, what do I believe? What do I want? What am I trying to achieve? What things are getting in the way? What things are opinion? That's a big one. What are these things are just based on opinion or emotion? Eliminate those completely. Let's get down to the basics. Welcome back to the Shut Up No One Cares podcast. A short, bite-sized show covering evergreen first principles that are not going to change. I'm your host, Colin Stuckert, founder of Wild Foods and the Ancestral Mind. I'm obsessed with living my best life and helping others do the same. That's how we're going to change the world. More people investing in themselves, becoming self-aware, thinking about big ideas, thinking about the foundational ideas, getting rid of the gunk, the distraction, and doing work and promoting ideas that matter. That's why I'm here. It is now April 20... Oh. April, March, March 27th. Man, I'm already trying to get ahead of the of the quarantine we're in. <laughs> I'm mentally ahead of it. Hopefully that will happen sometime in April. Everything's going to change. And the reason I'm giving the date to this, because I don't usually like to do the date. I don't like to do things that are based on a certain day in the past, like a news channel, for example. I want this to be evergreen. But this trying time is going to be evergreen. And talking about it is going to be evergreen to an extent because this is not the first time it's going to happen. And a lot of people are speculating that things are going to change forever from here on out. Whether or not that's the case, you know, who knows? Like humans are generally bad at predicting things. Anyone that claims they know how to predict things or they try to come out at times like this and say, I told you so, that's just bias. That's just nonsense. You know, like there's been people that have been fear mongering and doomsday predicting for years. And every time we have anything like this, they're going to say, I told you so. But that doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen and that we should be prepared and be conscious of them and cognizant of them and have a plan, right? I think this is going to wake a lot of people up to the fact that you can't just do whatever you want, eat whatever you want, let the food companies, big corporations, let them basically give you drugs in the form of food without a prescription. And then you go to the actual medical establishment to get actual prescriptions to try to mitigate the damage that the food has done in the first place. That's not what I'm going to talk about today, but this stuff is all connected. It's no accident. All right. Today, I'm going to talk about first principles. And maybe you know what first principles are. Maybe you don't. But I wrote a piece today about first principles. And hopefully, by the time this comes out, that'll be published. But I'm going to just try to take you through it the way I do. Start with some of the quotes, rap about it a little bit, not read the article word for word, but just talk about it in about the 10 to 12 minutes that we have. Kicked off this article with a title that I ended up with was First Principles. How focusing on things that don't change changes everything. I wrote about five other headlines. That was the one that I liked the most. Subtitle, Elon Musk built SpaceX with this simple mental model. You should use it too. And that's a working subtitle, by the way. So this is a quote from Elon to kick the article off. My proceeds from the PayPal acquisition were $180 million. I put $100 million into SpaceX, $70 million into Tesla, and $10 million in SolarCity. I had to borrow money for rent. And that's a quote, direct quote from Elon. The thing with this is, and how this relates to first principles thinking, is literally what he did with SpaceX was a breakthrough based on first principles thinking. So he was going to Russia, looking at rockets to buy and talking to other people in the aerospace industry. He was a high profile guy. He had access to people in these industries, high CEOs, ex-CEOs, advisors, consultants. He could pretty much talk to anybody who wanted to. Like he had the cachet to get in the, his foot in the door with anybody. He was trying to find a rocket to buy that he could use to validate his business idea for SpaceX, which was bringing the cost of launching rockets into orbit and then making that a viable model to sell to 
defense contractors or other companies for launching satellites. NASA, for example, was the first big contract. And everybody told them without fail, it's going to cost you about $100 million, period. If you want to buy a rocket, if you want to launch it, all the fuel, everything, I think it was around the $100 million range. And that was kind of a static fixed cost. It just wasn't going to change anytime soon. And so we heard this over and over and over again. He did a lot of shopping around. There were some Russian ICBMs that were, I guess, for sale decommissioned. He was going to try to do one of those and retrofit it with his company to lower the costs. But most of the pricing came down to being about, I think it was something like 70 to 80 million was the cheapest he could get it. And it just didn't add up economically. So what he asked himself is, he asked himself a first principles question. If I was launching a rocket, which is a collection of atoms and materials and silicone and parts, if I was going to get that into orbit and rocket fuel costs X dollars, the raw materials cost X dollars, what is my cost if I just stripped everything away and I had a perfect rocket put together and I was going to pay for it in US dollars, what would that cost? And when he started doing the math of like how much maybe platinum he needs, copper, tin, steel, silicone, transistors, all these different parts that he would need as a baseline, how much would that raw material cost? Then how much would it cost to get these from companies? What he figured out is in the aerospace industry, most of building a plane or rocket is a conglomeration of hundreds or thousands of companies supplying parts. So it's some absurd number like 50,000 or 100,000 parts, or maybe it's more than like 200,000 parts that go into building a rocket. Most of those parts, the way it is now in the aerospace, are outsourced to smaller companies, potentially large companies. And when a company is selling you product, what is baked in every single time? Profit. So you're basically paying for profit from your launch and from the cost of a launch to hundreds or thousands of companies. So the breakthrough that they figured out was they're going to figure out how to print. Well, they use 3D printing, but that's not the only thing. I, we, let's just say they were going to manufacture as many of the components in-house as possible. They were going to then go to raw material suppliers, source those raw materials, and then build the rocket in-house at least as much as they could. Eventually, with I think it was seven or eight failed launches, and on the last launch, the last bit of money they had to do the launch finally was successful, that secured the $3 billion contract with NASA to keep them alive. I mean, you couldn't think of a better entrepreneur story than this. I mean, it's the epitome of the risk and bet all in and finally make it happen. That's really what happened. The last launch they had, if it failed, as all the ones previously did, they would have been out of business. He was able to make it successful. As a result, they got the contract and they got the average cost of launching a rocket into space down to around the $10 million number. 10% of what the average cost to launch a rocket in the aerospace industry at that time was. And they have since revolutionized and disrupted the rocket industry. And this is a guy that grew up on computers and he, was, he did a payments company, merged with PayPal, made money with that. And then he decides, I'm going to go into rockets because my fundamental mission and goal is to get to Mars. This is all based on first principles thinking. He was able to take an entrenched industry that hasn't really changed in years. We're talking like back to the 60s and 70s in the Cold War. Things are pretty much the same. There's been no innovation. Nobody's going in. And there's a lot of reasons for that, like bureaucracy and barriers and costs and things like that. But he comes in and he says, okay, this is how you're doing it. And this is how you've been doing it for years. Why isn't there a better way? That's the first fundamental question. By going to a first principles approach, going down to the core bare essentials of what we know is a fact, like the fact to launch a rocket into space is going to require a certain amount of raw materials. That's 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 the baseline. You can't not have rocket fuel. You can't not build a rocket. You can't not have computers and other things and materials. Reason up from that as your foundation. Instead, people go to the industry 
And he even did that. He went to the industry and he tried to talk to people that were experts and they all told him, this is the way it is. It just is what it is. You're not going to change it, blah, blah, blah. How often do we think this way in our life? How often do we go into a problem with people telling us how things are and that's not going to change or whatever? What do you think negotiation is? Negotiation and pricing and buying and selling and all these things, these things are always fluid. They are never fixed. And a lot of times they're built on calcified ideas and route ways of doing things that haven't been challenged in years. It's the same thing for you. Your thinking today is built upon ideas that you probably think are principles or that are safe to believe that you haven't challenged in years. And as a result, you're not operating from a first principles way of thinking. You have to break it down and go all the way down to the essentials. Mathematicians can't do complex math and come up with all these crazy theories if one plus one equals three. They have to assume one plus one equals two. And they go all the way down to that. And if one plus one equals three, and they build their theories and ideas and beliefs on top of one plus one equals three, well, it's going to show that they're going to fail, at least in this base reality that we're in now. One plus one is always two. In your life, problem, business, marketing, relationships, everything can be boiled down to some core set of beliefs and principles. And most of the time, people do not reason from them. They try to reason five layers up that's built upon expectations and assumptions and really bad ideas that haven't been actually tweezed out and analyzed. Now, there's a lot of examples of this. There's a lot of famous people that use this, like Warren, uh, Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, with Munger being more famous for trying to reason from first principles. You have Aristotle that reasoned from first principles. This is a deep topic that I recommend you start thinking about, reading about, learning about. It's one of those things that at this point in my life, I try to always base everything I do on. So running my company, for example, I'll give you one example before I let you go. I have to constantly with my employees, bring them back down to the baseline. What are the things we know? What are our goals? What are we trying to accomplish? And then kill every other assumption. And what I've found running multiple companies, having hundreds of employees for the past 13 years as an entrepreneur is people spend a lot of time and energy justifying, rationalizing, and explaining the reasons why things are or why they happened. They try to connect the dots in their head to make sense, but that's not first principles thinking. That's just justification and, and, and assumptions and expectations, which ruin a lot of things in life, especially relationships and partnerships and things like that. So when you clear away all that explaining and all that nonsense, and you just get down to the baseline, where are we at? What are our goals? What's our timeline? What's the cost? What are we trying to accomplish? What are they saying? What could we maybe get them to say? What could we maybe get them to accept? It completely changes everything. You have a complete different paradigm for thinking and approaching problems. Without fail, my employees will report to me and say, oh, well, so-and-so from X company is saying they won't take a deposit or it's 100% down or it's 25% down and that's where they're going to hold firm. There's so many ways to dance around this though and negotiate around this. And, you know, it's kind of like that employee mindset, which I understand because there's certain parameters you have to follow. And as the entrepreneur, I have more flexibility in kind of doing things. Sometimes employees aren't empowered to kind of ask the right questions or make certain things. So I understand employees are operating under certain constraints. I get that. But when you strip away so much of the things you're told and you get down to the baseline and you get down to first principles, you can ask better questions. And when you ask better questions, you uncover truth versus somebody telling you their agenda or telling you what's easy or whatever. You better get to the truth and you better get to options. First principles give you options. Taking people at their word or the first thing they say as the golden rule 
or the law or their line or their budget line or where they're holding firm. People take these as the rule or the law when really they're always fluid and gray. It's not black and white with most of this stuff. So if you can find opportunities in your life to strip things down to the baseline, what do I believe? What do I want? What am I trying to achieve? What things are getting in the way? What things are opinion? That's a big one. What are these things are just based on opinion or emotion? Eliminate those completely. Let's get down to the basics. If you can do that, it'll change your life. I'm going to talk a lot more about this. So I'm going to keep this show just based on that. I'm going to give you kind of a taste to it. And then we're going to evolve and go from there in the future. And this is a good place to really build your entire framework for thinking and for life. So I can hear my son. He's trying to get in the studio. It's going to wrap it up for me today. Make sure you like and subscribe. Send me feedback. Call it wildfoods.co. And I'm going to see you in the next one.